Love is an interesting thing. As both a word and a concept, it can be confusing, full of pressure, unrealistic expectations and loss, and there's so many ways we can experience gaslighting around what love is, how we should love, who we should love, where we find love, etc. And today, my guest and I will dive in to talk about the impact gaslighting has had on this thing we call love. I'm Sarah Morales, the host of this podcast, and if you want to be in the know about special deals on my programs, new things I'm launching, conferences I'll be speaking at, and lots of other helpful information and tools, just go ahead and sign up for my newsletter. That's where you get all those things, and you can do that by visiting my website, sarahmoralescoaching.com. I'll have the link in my show notes for you. My guest today is Jenny Rochelle. For those of you who have been my longtime listeners, she will be no stranger to you. Her and I have been on each other's podcast a number of times. She's a dear, dear friend and a badass coach. And I'm so excited to have her today. She is the creator of Love Your Life Coaching. She is a life coach, mentor, and spiritual director for women and couples healing from relational trauma. So for example, trauma caused by betrayal, abuse, or addiction. But these couples or people still want and deserve happy, healthy, and intimate relationships with themselves and others. Jenny has a master's in spiritual formation and is an APSATS certified life coach with over 10 years of coaching experience. Her approach to working with clients is old school, high touch, and is a spicy blend. I love that word for you. It's perfect. <laughs> of attachment, internal family systems, feminine wisdom, human sexuality, and always a trauma-informed approach. She is the host of the Beauty After Betrayal podcast with new episodes coming in 2024. Welcome back to the show, Ms. Jenny Rochelle. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. So happy to be here as always. Yay! Yay! So, Again, there'll probably be some new people, right? Because there is a whole ass year <laughs> between season one and season two. And I make up that not everybody is going to go back and binge all of the old episodes. So for those of my listeners who might be new to the pod, would you mind sharing just a little bit about a few things that really speak to why you wanted to come on the pod and talk about love? Oh, man. Well, there's so many reasons. The first thing that comes into my mind is... um been married four times. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I'm a huge, huge believer still after all that and, and happily ever after. And I believe happily ever after there was an inside job. And I think we get so confused mm -hmm. about love as mm -hmm. women and we get so many mixed messages. So it's mm -hmm. just the thing that I'm really passionate about. It's the core part of my life coaching in the past, as you know, my brand was beauty after betrayal, but I've made this intentional switch to love of your life coaching because mm -hmm. I think we should be the mm -hmm. loves of our own yeah. lives. Yeah. I love that. What I thought we could do uh, is is start by just having a conversation about, about this arbitrary <laughs> abstract thing, right? Yeah. That in the English language, we have one word for, <laughs> which is love, right? And other right. languages have more than one word, which I think is helpful. But um 
You know, I wanted to start with even the title. So it's understanding what is love versus what are the other things that we might feel when, right, you know, right. when we're meeting somebody for the first time or for the second yeah. time or whatever, right? Like, kind of right, thing, right, right. So that, like this, there's this thing called love. And I think there are so many different pressures. I love this, you know, what you sent in your bio that I, I didn't read because I knew we'd come around to it at some point. You know, you said through socialization and trauma, we are robbed of that sacred connection to ourselves, all our trauma can be traced to one or more of the systems, patriarchy, puritanism, capitalism, colonialism, and white supremacy, right? And I, I just think like there are all of these places, all of these systems that are giving us messages about self-love, about loving others, about like, again, right? And so that's part of what just even overarchingly I wanted to explore. Um, and so one of the things I think that can be really confusing for us, I don't know, it can be for me sometimes, it, it, is how I can love chocolate and I can love my kids. Right. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's complicated because we have this one little teeny tiny word and we mm -hmm. use it to apply it to so many vastly different things. You touched on something a couple of minutes ago. I think we also have trouble parsing out love from sex yeah <laughs> right and i think that it's one of the reasons why we get in trouble and our relationships are in trouble or there can be betrayals because we mm -hmm. have trouble parsing out the fact that we can have feelings for someone mm -hmm. that automatically gets translated into a sexual experience yes because we don't know how to separate because we've been, I think we've been that for me goes into some of the the conditioning that we've experienced Right. For sure. Um, yeah. Through, I think, everything from Disney, <laughs> maybe not the sex part, but definitely romance. Right. Yeah. Um, to movies, to romantic novels, where it's like this thing of there's just such a representation, I think, of of romantic love as the end all be all. That's the thing that we should all strive for. And so many convoluted ways of how we end up getting it, how quickly we get it, where we find it. Like, you know, it's just like movies. We think, I don't know about you, but you know, that's a lot of when I think of what would I look for to, to depict what it is. Um, right. Right. And I think that that has done us a disservice. Absolutely. And we can, point all of those movies and a lot of those mm -hmm. messages back to all of those systems that you just mm -hmm. mentioned, right? We talked about the capitalism and like how that translates into Valentine's Day or how we have mm -hmm. to look like all these different systems have so mm -hmm. sneaky and have penetrated how we feel about ourselves and about how our relationships and how we even think and define love. Yeah. Speaking of, I thought it would be great to actually give a definition, a definition, right, of love, because I know there are lots of them. Miriam Webster says that love is a strong affection for another arising out of kinship or personal ties. I thought that was an interesting definition, and especially that it kind of gives a place that it arises out of. So if that's the definition that Miriam Webster gives us, I'm just curious. If, you know, the old kind of saying, if an alien came to our planet <laughs> right? or whatever, right? like somebody who would never have heard this word love, right? How would we, how would we try to explain what love is to them? What do you right. think? I mean, I think, 
I think that's a great question. And it's one of those things, like, how do we explain it without you actually using the word love? And it's so indoctrinated mm-hmm. into how we think about it. Like, how do we, mm-hmm. how do we even do that? And I'm going to paraphrase and I'm going to click over so I can make sure I'm reading it. Um, you know, there's the incredible poet and activist, Bell Hooks, who wrote several books about love. And she talked about, like, if you're wondering whether or not you're acting out of love, you have to make sure that it includes care, affection, recognition, respect, commitment and trust as well Mm. as honest and open communication Mm. and if you're not engaging all of those things right Mm -hmm. if there's not affection and responsibility respect and commitment it's not love yeah it's not love yeah um you know it's it's interesting because it makes me think of a story that a friend of mine was telling me not that long ago when she was dating and um, some red flags are going off because this guy was asking her a bunch of questions and it seemed like he was really interested in her, right? Is all those questions about her, but then a, 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 like a light bulb went off or a fire alarm. I don't know which, probably both. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, wait a second, he's not actually interested in me. He's wanting to know how I can make his life better. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that you know, what you just read about what love is, is I think what we aim for and what, like, when I, when I want to make sure, like, what are my guardrails? Not not just my guardrails, but my goals, right? Like if I'm upset, maybe, so I'm making up, I'm upset. I just had a, you know, an argument with my partner, which of course happens because we're all human. And I want to make sure that I'm operating out of love when I try to repair. Like right. that would be an amazing checklist to be like, okay, right. am I ready to, to be open and honest? Yeah. That's like an always for me. Am I ready to, you know, be kind and respectful? Uh, maybe I better hold off a little second. Cause <laughs> right. I'm still feeling pretty salty. Right. You know, Absolutely. I mean, yeah. It's, yeah, it's like a guideline and a goal at the same time. And I think why I brought up that thing with the, the dating story is because I think so often the way love is shown is how somebody makes us feel right right instead of how we are operating it's like how does this person make me feel that's how i know that i love them because of how i feel when i'm around them right absolutely and i think that's why we get confused about what love is yeah um so again, I, I did a little bit of preparation for this, probably not nearly as much for those of you who don't know Jenny super well. She's one of the most avid readers I've ever uh-huh. met in my entire life. And she always knows like so much about a variety of different things. It's like so always impressive to me. Um, so I probably don't know nearly as much as you do about this topic. However, I, I did a little bit of research and I found this really super interesting article that had to do with a team of scientists from Rutgers University. And they suggested based on the research that they did that love can be broken down into three categories. Lust, which isn't always a bad thing, right? We can lust after our intimate partner, right? Like I think that's where the gaslighting comes in because I think those of us who grew up Judeo-Christian or that kind of thing, like lust is an evil, bad thing and you don't lust, right? Like we need to get away from that connotation of it. Every, but, so, every man's, every man's burden, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyways, again, they, they broke it down into three categories. I think you're going to actually really love them. So there's lust, there's attraction, mm-hmm. which isn't necessarily sexual, right? Right. Because I definitely have attractions to my friends. 
it's like, right. And then attachment, lust, attraction, and attachment. So I'm curious what you think, what comes up for you when I say that, that love can be broken down into three categories. That's really interesting. And actually when you, when you said attachment, right, like, like I've never thought about love that way, but for sure, like we want a safe, secure attachment to be a part of all our, all of our relationships. And that's how we feel loved, especially when I'm thinking about romantic relationships. But I think we want to be attached to our partners, right? Is yeah. that's how we know and receive and feel love. And I, I love that you pointed out the part about lust. Yeah. I mean, with the whole negative connotation, it's just yeah. like, we want to, we want to have sex with someone. That's not a bad thing. No. Again, we're being... wired. Right. right. And, unless you're asexual, that's part of who you are as being a human, right? right. Um, you know, what occurred to me while you were talking was kind of this thought of how, like the, the first thought was, I wonder if it's that love is sprung out of these places. But then I got to thinking and I feel like they're almost kind of like, I don't know if it's reciprocal or symbiotic or what the word is, but it's kind of like where they feed each other, right? Yeah. Like you might start with lust, right? Like you don't yeah. necessarily act on it, but that's the desire, right? And then from that desire, potentially love what you described as love, which I think is a beautiful, really great definition could grow from that. Right. And then that also would then feed back into the lust and whatever. Right? So right. I, I feel like it's like almost like kind of ping pongy, right? Where they, mm -hmm. where it goes back and forth. So whether it's lust or attraction or attachment, like, I feel like they kind of feed each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of like you start with lust, maybe, maybe not, but lust, <laughs> you move into, you know, the attraction and you bring in the attachment, right? As they sort of pull mm -hmm. and, and weave into one another for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's really fascinating. I hadn't thought I had never heard of those definitions. Yeah. This, you know, but again, because there's so many different things out there, I thought it'd be fun to just like mm -hmm. talk about a few of them. And so I think what, for me, what I really wanted to dig into the most that kind of me was like setting the foundation of the rest of our discussion. Like <laughs> these are some thoughts about love. Yeah. Um, so I had a couple of things that I wrote down that to me were like some key components of ways that I've seen gaslighting happening around this concept of love. And one of the tactics that I teach about gaslighting is exaggeration. And so when I thought of that, I thought of kind of two things. And the first thing for me would be, let's talk about this idea that I would put into an exaggeration that you know, even though it's a term of endearment, there's the term of endearment, but then there's the actual belief. And that is this person is the love of my life. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So I call my partner that, right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I feel like the gaslighty part of it is that we start to believe, or we have believed, been told whatever, that there's only one. Mm -hmm. And that's the part that gets us all discombobulated and, and messed up and like making concessions and all, all of the things, Absolutely. right? Because of this belief of this person is the love of my life versus they're one of the loves of my life. Right. Thoughts on that? Yeah, it, it's absolutely, it's bringing me back to actually a conversation that I had with one of the many couples therapists that I saw with mm. my ex-husband mm -hmm. <laughs> and, 
and being on the phone with her, really trying to decide if I was going to stay or go. And I'm sad mm-hmm. to say I didn't decide for sure in that moment. It took me another couple of years because that's how it works. You know? That's how it works but often. That's how it works often. often. Yeah. But I remember telling her that, well, I'm going to leave. I'm going to choose to be alone for the rest of my life because he was the love of my life, right? Yeah. Yeah. And she was like, she was so firm and fierce at that moment. She was, no, mm-hmm. <laughs> you are giving him way too much power. That is your choice. You are not going to be alone for the rest of your life. You can't let that message keep you stuck in a relationship that is so toxic for you. Yeah. And I think that's part of what you're touching, right? It's like yes. this message of like, this is my one shot. And for me, that was marriage number three. So I had mm-hmm. all of that self-gaslighting mm-hmm. and all of the other society bullshit around being married. And that's why I led with I've been married four times. Yeah. Back yeah. in the beginning. Yeah, it's because because of all of that. And so it was the previous divorces feeding into this is it. This is my one chance. I got to make it work. I'm going to be alone for the rest of my life. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. You know, it kind of of makes me think of too. um, So I grew up watching The Princess Bride. Like we watched it every year uh, on New Year's for just like two decades. And so it makes me think of, you know, true love, right? And there's like, that's what this whole Princess Bride thing is about. Is like, do you think death can stop true love? You know, like all <laughs> of these different things, right? Like, again, it goes back to, to me, this thing where there are some things that are exaggerated. Again, that's the yeah. gaslighting part of it. It's like, if you don't have this exaggeration of love, true love, love of my life, uh, the only love, like, then you're missing out. Right. Right. Yeah. Don't, uh, don't fuck it up. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that was one. I think another one that would fall under exaggeration for me that I'd love to explore with you is this. I mean, it's, it's similar, but it's also a little bit different. The concept of twin flames or soulmates. Mm-hmm. And also for those who maybe don't as- ascribe to that, but what I used to ascribe to, which was this person is God's pick for your life. Um, that's what I thought my ex was, which was why I was like, <laughs> after, for those of you who don't know my story, go find out my story because you'll understand why I would say this. But I was like, I'm fucking picking from here on out. If that was God's pick for my life. I'm like, no, you are <laughs> like, fired Lord. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nope, no more. Um, but again, it's kind of this thing of these exaggerated goals that we're supposed to have, right? Wherever you kind of fall in how you look at life and how we're supposed to live life, like this idea of your twin flame being the highest and utmost thing that you can experience or, you know, a little bit down the pole or whatever is your soulmate, right? Which isn't as exciting as a twin flame, but, you know, still soulmate. Um, So... (laughs) And like, who had heard of Twin Flames five, ten years ago? That was like I, a know, new thing. I know. To the landscape. Mm-hmm. But soulmates, yeah, for sure, all that stuff's been around. And I will touch on the, there's two documentaries right now about the Twin Flame universe. Yep. Yep. But, but think about that. Like, this is exactly what you're saying, Sarah. So those people, those two people, you know, they gaslit cults manipulated yep. made millions of dollars out of yep. people's desperate need and belief that there's one person for them. Yep. And I got to find them or I'm going to be miserable. Find them. Exactly. I'm going to yeah, miss out. Exactly. It's like the ultimate FOMO. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> totally. I mean, seriously. Yeah. You are missing yeah. out if you don't yeah. get the, it's almost like a, I, you know, I had another section, which was a coercion, right? It's almost like a coercion piece. Oh, for sure. Right. Where yeah. it's like, if you don't do this, then you are missing out. Then you are having less than, then you are not going to have the best life that you can, like all of these things that creates and generates fear Yeah. around something that is supposed to be beautiful. Beautiful and abundant. Yeah. Right. It's not limited. Yeah. And I have to say, like, for me, coming from the perspective that I come from with the gaslighting, I think it makes us really, really vulnerable to love bombing. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because all a person has to do is come in and say all of these certain things that are going to make them appear as if they're your twin flame or your soulmate or God's pick for you or whatever. Right. And because we're vulnerable to that because of this, this other, you know, societal or whatever gaslighting, right. It makes us vulnerable to that love bombing because it lines up with what this, this picture over here is. So absolutely. So when red flags should be going off, like if we didn't have this, this gaslighting over here around these things, that it would feel weird to people. I'd be like, why is this person coming on so strong? Like why, like all these things that I think used to yeah. be more normal to have red flags yeah. around. We don't have red flags as much anymore. Right. Cause we think we're looking for this idealized, perfect over the top experience of, mm-hmm. of affection. And when you, when you were talking just then it reminded me of when Jeff and I started dating. So current husband, um, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't say current in a way like he's going anywhere. He's not going. No, no, no. Anywhere. But the man I'm married to in this moment, mm-hmm. um, he and I were dating just the loveliest, sweetest man. I mean, just, you know, literally one yeah. of the best things that's ever happened to me. We love we're Jeff. Fans. Yes, we're fans, fans of Jeff. Of, we're yes. all fans of Jeff. <laughs> but we started dating. He could be a little love bombing at times, mm. you know, and then mm. he would talk about, we're going to be together for a hundred years or whatever. And I'd be like, <laughs> I hear you. And I appreciate what you're saying. Well, let's just dial it back. Cause yeah. you know what? That's not actually true. Yeah. Right. <laughs> not <laughs> so possible. You're, you're making mm-hmm. my alarm bells go off when yeah. you say that. So let's just dial yeah. it back, you know, but yeah. because of what you're talking about and if, in prior relationships, I would have soaked all of that up. Right. Yeah. But because I've done this work to be like, this is that grounded in reality. I got to live in reality going yeah. forward, right? It's too yeah. risky. Yeah, we have to. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, it, here's where I feel like more gaslighting would come up, which, you know, I, I, the things that people could potentially say to us, if we go by that kind of um, mentality or mindset, right? Where it's like, I'm going to make sure, like, I'm looking for healthy AKA boring, right? Or whatever, <laughs> right? Like, but, but seriously, that's kind yeah, of like part yeah. of the messages. I, I think one of the things that I had yeah. um, in my, my list of things to talk about was, you know, the, the way again, that we've been conditioned and all of the things, gaslit, whatever around things, some of it's kind of brainwashing. I would say again, that coercion piece, but one of the things I thought about 
and I don't even know if I'm, I never read the book, so I don't remember if this is what they were called, but the, the shades of gray, was that, was that the call? Was that the name of the book? The, the whole series with the 50, yeah, 50 yeah, shades yeah, yeah, yeah. there we go. I'm like, yep. this isn't quite right. I knew it wasn't quite right, but I remember <laughs> some, one time somebody saying like, it wouldn't be as romantic if it was set in a trailer park. <laughs> right like then this like, like multi-million <laughs> right like <laughs> isn't that funny but <laughs> the re- <laughs> oh my god you I really like that one I, i'm like because I, I can see it in my head now uh-huh. right like the red room and a trailer uh-huh. park because uh-huh. I, I read all of them uh-huh. i read all of them uh-huh. um so, oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah, right? sorry. I'm, I'm back. I'm no, back. that's okay. <laughs> but the reason to me wh- how that connects is we're like, we've been gaslit to think that excitement and passion and all of these things are what we should be looking for. And that's what's going to help us have the metric of what we want in a relationship and these other things like safe and like, you know, good communicator and thoughtful and all of these things just don't sound exciting because the way we've been gaslit to think about what, especially intimate partner love, right? Which is normally what people think of when they first think of love. Um, you know, that's a big part of what we've been gaslit around. I think. No, for sure. It's like we always want to be on vacation or always having sex or always like what, whatever, right? Like, and you're right. Like, true authenticity and connection and love is, is, I think you use the word boring. It can't mm-hmm. feel boring or seem boring compared to, you know, these big over the top expectations that we see on the on the movie screens yeah so let's geek out and be a little bit nerdy for a second because i know you can do it um i would love to talk to the physiological side of things and what what does that actually do right like why on another level do we not want to like listen if we're being gaslit we're not connected to what we authentically think feel believe want etc right so that's that's one side of it but let's talk about the physiological side of it Right. Like if we are actually responding to these, you know, these high energy, like all the things that we've been gaslit around to believe we should want, especially if we're trying to find somebody new or whatever, what does that actually do to our nervous system? Yeah, well, we're constantly, I think I understand what you're saying. We're, we're constantly on high alert. Mm-hmm. We're constantly like seeking dopamine. Yes. We're constantly like trying to increase like that sort of extreme experience. And I keep thinking about, I'm going to do some pop culture here. I know you love pop culture. Yes. The thing that I always go to the most when I talk about this is um, the episode from Sex in the City <laughs> where Harry picks a fight with Aiden because he's just normal and happy and mm-hmm. everything's fine. And like her nervous system can't stand it. And here's the thing yeah. too. It's like, it's the good and the bad. And it's like, we're, when a nervous sense, when we're, I'm going way out, I'm geeking out, maybe beyond what you meant to talk about. But <laughs> when, we, when we live in unsafe situations, we tend to want to recreate, we're uncomfortable yep. in normal, stable relationships. And yep. so- that's why we get drawn. We th- we confuse passion with intimacy and love and like these big over the top, huge feelings. And if we're not getting that in a positive way, 
we can, which is what Carrie did with Aiden. She picked a fight or mm-hmm. freaked out on him. And he's like, mm-hmm. I'm just trying to love you here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to do. Because if we don't get it from like this positive, then we can go in and create situations where we feel it negatively because we're so the word addicted, but I hate, you know what I feel about the yeah, word yeah. addicted. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. But our our nervous systems are wired to yeah. feel discomfort. It's like we want to feel the discomfort. And it is, it is decontextualized trauma over a lifetime. That's how yep. it starts to play out, right? Yep. Compounded with like TV, capitalism, mm-hmm. body image, all mm-hmm. of those things we talked about feed into what love should feel like. Yeah. It's impossible. Yeah. I think um, imagining my listeners and imagining them saying, okay, so what do I do with this <laughs> kind of a thing, right? Like, and it, for me, it makes me think of, you know, homeostasis. Mm-hmm. And you know, homeostasis is just what's our default, basically, right? right? Like mentally, emotionally, physically, homeostasis. And, you know, if we are in a part of a pattern where we are seeking out and or creating these really high dopamine hits through receiving of love bombing and excitement and all, again, listen, the things that are love bombing are not necessarily bad. Giving flowers, going on vacations, all of these things, right? But but those shouldn't be what, I don't like to say should or shouldn't. Seeking those out as the um, main component, as if those are homeostasis. Right. Right. Versus what I think is like thinking, how do I get my homeostasis, my center place mm-hmm. in relationships to be that definition that you said at the beginning? Um, right. Right. Like, like, again, it's not bad to want these things to want, you know, to go somewhere fun and different and have sex with your person. Like that would be fun. Right. Um, that's not, it's not wrong. It's not bad. It doesn't mean you're in like this weird dopamine seeking, right. It just means like, what is our homeos? I think that's the question. Like what is our baseline? And when we think about the foundation of our relationships, Right. Absolutely. When you're saying that, it sort of brings me all the way back to like the homeostasis is really you, right? And being the love of your own life and being solid and centered in that. Yeah. And so that homeostasis really has to start with being aligned and living in our values. Also, when you started talking, I was like, well, value, Sarah, it's what you Mm -hmm. taught me all this. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. There's that. (laughs) But but here's the thing, right? Like when we get to values and not to do a total segue, but you know, we're talking about all things love. And I think it comes back to how do I get clarity? If there has been so much gaslighting about what love is and how to feel it and how to find it and where, like all of the things well, then how do I know what's my authentic thing? Right. And that's where, you know, the part of the work that I do with, with clients around their values is you get clear. Like if you say you value love, well, I could have 20 different things that I would describe love as you might have 20 different things that you might describe love as, and we might have 10 in common. Yeah. Right. There might be 10 different things that are different from me to you of how I would think of or experience love. Absolutely. And the more clear we get on that for ourselves, the more we know how 
and when someone isn't in alignment with that for us or we're out of alignment for ourselves. Right. Yeah. You know, when you're talking just now, it made me think about, and it, it's a little bit contradictory to something we said earlier, but I don't think it really is. But it's like when you're thinking about those values and you're defining love, it's, there's two sides to it. It's like, it's really worth thinking about how we want to be loved. Yes. And, and it's, and you were talking earlier that it's love how it makes us feel or how not other people. But I think there's there's two sides that we also have not really spent a lot of time thinking about how we want to be loved. Yes. How we need to be loved. And or we think of that thing and we, that's where we come in with like the vacations and the blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And not right. safety. Right. right. Exactly. Honesty, exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I love that. And I think, you know, for me, what you just said, I think is really important because especially for those of us that are listening to the podcast that are women, we tend to not ask it that way as much, right? It's more like, how do we love others, right? right? Instead of how do I want to receive love? Because we've not been, you know, been kind of conditioned to not think about being receivers as much, right? right? Of pleasure, of love, of all of the things. Um, and I think for me, one of the biggest breakthroughs in my healing and in my life was when, you know, I had done the work on myself, but I was still being permissive for people that I was dating, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And the breakthrough was when I was like, um, mutuality slash reciprocity is a thing (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to settle for less than what I give. So it was this thing of not only what do I give, but what do I want in return? And for me, it was, I, I love hard. I love deep. I want that in return. I am giving, I am thoughtful. I want that in return. I am right. Like that's, that's the minimum is, is reciprocity. Right. Yeah. Yeah. When it comes to love and that's across the board, any kind of relationship for me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. hundred percent. So that's a great, great way to think about it. Um, that's I'm going to just name that as one of the takeaways for t- today. Um, <laughs> I had one last area that I wanted to kind of get curious with you about, and then I don't know if you have any in addition, but for me, one of the ways that I think overarchingly we've been kind of conditioned, gasset, that kind of thing about love is that intimate partner love is the highest kind of love. And that's the one that we should put the majority of our effort and time and energy into. Yeah. What do you think about that? Oh, well, you know, if I, if I were one who used the word loves of my life, which I actually do, mm-hmm. like, you know, <laughs> and I can't talk about it without crying. Damn it. But like what I think about the friends that I've met on this journey, yeah. our shared friends, yeah, there's a lot. Of, there, I love them as much as I love Jeff, as much as I love my children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm such yeah. a sap. No, absolutely. Yeah. We have to all those things, you know, right. lust, but the attraction, we are attracted to our friends. And I For think sure. that's the reason why we get confused about stuff and sexuality and attachment. But absolutely, we have to be as committed to those relationships as we are to all of our other relationships and make time, put those people in your calendar. Yep. That love is just as precious and as important. I agree. So why do you think, I know I have my thoughts, but why do you think we haven't 
done that? What are some of the messages that you think you've heard, you know, throughout, (laughs) throughout your life that made you feel like you had to prioritize and that the, the intimate partner was the end all be all? Well, let's, let's, let's pick any of those systems that we right. talked about already. <laughs> any of those, yeah. throw a dart, hit yeah. one, you know, <laughs> patriarchy yeah. for sure. You know, um, you and I both have a shared experience of some religious abuse trauma as well. Yeah. There's huge parts of like, it's, it's, it gets so wired into our identity as women, cis, mm-hmm. het, white woman. I'm speaking mm-hmm. my experience, mother, wife those are the most important things that we can do yeah and all the other relationships we should be sacrificed and i feel like i'm joking but it really is yeah patriarchy white supremacy all of those things teach us like they don't want us to connect with one another yeah we're gonna like become witches and like take over the world <laughs> they want to keep mm-hmm. us the system is set up to keep us individualized and in yeah. these little nuclear families we yeah. we have only lived like that for in the very recent history right yeah yeah. I think, you know, too, I'm not, <laughs> I'll let my cards show a little bit too much here, but um, I almost feel like, okay, so listen, you, you've got Jeff and I've got my dad, my brother, my boys, whatever. Like, I definitely love men. I'm not a man hater. Yeah. Neither are you. And <laughs> I think part of, you know, getting more specific, like patriarchy, I'm going to call it male fragility. Oh, sure. Right. That especially for us women, um, again, not man hating, but I think that's been a huge message that if we love our friends as much as we love our partners differently. Right. Right. But as much as meaning we invest in them as much as we do energetically, then I, I I could just see like, jealousy 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 like what are you going to go like be in a lesbian relationship but like like it automatically goes to the sexual component as well right like you know this inability to share <laughs> like from yeah. a, you know well that's entitlement mm. that's what that is mm. i'm entitled to all your time all mm-hmm. your attention like you should just be my needs with them i am entitled to have my needs yeah. met above everybody else's yeah and i think you know, the more we, we start to unpack things, I think, as we're doing now in our, our culture, our, our society, the more we're seeing how deeply ingrained some systems of belief are that we don't even realize that they're linked yeah. to that. And I yeah. feel like that could high key be linked to misogyny, right? Like you don't get to spend as much time with them because you belong to me, right? right? Because women did belong to men for a very long time. We absolutely did. Thousands of years, right? Like we were were property. Yeah. 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 And I'll just name it. It's also, it's also white supremacy. White dudes are at the top of it, right? Mm -hmm. They're at the top of it. They have the most privilege. They have the most entitlement. White women, we're right up there. Mm -hmm. We have the most flexible power and the whole system you guys can't see my arms. I'm just mm-hmm. gesticulating wildly. <laughs> the whole system in our country, right, is set up mm-hmm. to keep white men feeling comfortable. Mm-hmm. And like we have been trained as women for centuries to make sure that happens. Our comfort is dependent upon their comfort. So anything that upsets their apple cart upsets our apple cart. Mm-hmm. We got to make sure everybody feels good all the mm-hmm. time. Yeah. And 
you know, bringing that back around to the, the, the point is that, you know, if us having deep, deep, right? Like I know you and I both, we know how to love deeply without it having to be sexual at all, right? Like yeah. our yeah. friends, we love very deeply. I, I can't imagine loving a person more, right? Kind of a thing. Like, kind yeah, of like you said, absolutely. my kids, my, it's different, but it's also the same. It's different, but same, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, that is uncomfortable for a large majority <laughs> of the demographic you're talking right? Yeah. So I think the message that I would love to give, especially as it pertains to this thing of love is, you know, I'm thinking of one of my favorite quotes that I give to a lot of my clients that comes from one of the Townsend Boundaries books is there's a difference between being wanty and needy. Mm -hmm. And when we are putting so many of our eggs into one basket, so to speak, right? Like when we are so focused on nurturing and making sure our intimate partnership is, is where we just do all the things, right? We're dependent on that one relationship being good. And that's where we're vulnerable to making concessions, putting up with toxic behavior because you know, I've used the the example before of at least I'm getting table scraps. Yeah. Right. If I say no to this, I haven't been nurturing these other relationships deeply and intimately, then I'm alone. Yeah. Right. And so it's, it's like, I'm, I'm really vulnerable because I'm needy. However, and I believe you and I have both experienced this, um, because we nurtured our friendships and because we develop such deep intimate connections with our friends, it allows us to hold our boundaries yeah. and our intimate partnership better because we're not needy, we're wanty, right? right? Like I want to have a really great intimate partnership and I'm not willing to put up with toxic behavior. So yeah. I think it's when we're talking about love and we're talking about what it is, where we can find it, where it's appropriate to find it, all of those different things. I think, you know, our friendships really need to be highlighted as a really important part of that conversation. And, and I think that's part of what I'm trying to communicate with this is like, yeah. I think it needs to be like, we, we need to have the message out there that our friendships are just as important. Right. And I think I'm really extra passionate about this because after having gone through the pandemic, being a, a person that works from home is self-employed. And so therefore we don't have really coworkers, right? Like I can be fairly isolated. Mm -hmm. And I know for me, one of my goals for 2024 is to nurture my friendships, like to be super intentional because I know how important those relationships are, you know? Yeah. And so I think that's part of what I want to like, it's not just like, oh yeah. And as a, you know, as a second thought, make sure you have other relationships. Like, no, like it should be, right. it should be, it should be equal. Right. 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 It shouldn't be like when you're, when your partner's being a dick and like you just, exactly. <laughs> oh yeah. Better call my, you know, better call my friend. Better call my friend. I haven't talked to her in six months, but mm -hmm. you know, no, I'm a huge fan of the lady date, right? Yeah. I'm at lady dates. Yeah. Like on the calendar, just as important, right? Spend time. Put it on your calendar, on your checklist, check in with your friends, right? Every few days, make a conscious effort, like intimacy and love and connection 
all take conscious efforts. Yep. And that's with our intimate partners, our kids, and our friends, who can be the easiest to let slide when yep. everything else takes over, like you said. Awesome. Well, are there any other things that you can kind of think of that are a major theme of the way that love and gaslighting intersect? You know, I think I think the thing with love and gaslighting is is almost like religion and spirituality. Mm. But it's just like it's just like love is this really beautiful thing. It's this energetic birthright that we all have mm. and it's mm-hmm. been so manipulated in so yeah. many different ways and used yeah. to control us. It's like how do we access, right? How do we ask those questions of ourselves? And you know, all listeners we just basically told you you get to decide for yourself what love is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Your values, what do you need, and mm-hmm. how do your people want to be loved? Because they get mm-hmm. to decide for themselves too. That's right. And there's our top takeaways. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Jenny. <laughs> anytime, anytime. <laughs> I know that one of the things I love about you is that you're always evolving. You're never stagnant. You're always looking at... Who who am I? What am I wanting to do in this world? What is my truest and highest self? And you've gone through a season of some evolving, right? And you are about to release into the world a new website, new offerings, all that kind of thing. And I wanted to give you just a few minutes to talk to my listeners um, about some things that they may might be able to find or do with you. Yeah. So. By the time this podcast comes out, I will have a new website, loveofyourlifecoaching.com. Nice. And and you're right. I've really evolved over the last like year and a half and really took some time off and explored who I wanted to be, really started to dive in. That's why I'm saying all these big words, white supremacy and systems. And that's been like yeah. a part of the work I've really just begun to do earnestly, honestly. Yeah. Um. And then trying to infuse that into everything. And now I'm ready to come back in the world and start making offerings again. And and like all my work is centered on like how to love yourself, love your body slash sex mm-hmm. <laughs> and love your people. Right. Yeah. So yeah. your partners, your kids, your friends, because that foundation, that being loved of your own life is the foundation for all of those things. So New website is coming out and I am going to be starting a group program in March. So my website, I think reclaim your sexual self, like reconnecting to your body, reconnecting to your sexuality, because for many of the reasons we talked about today, I know you're going to cover on future podcasts, Mm -hmm. all the gaslighting and fucked upery we have around sex. So absolutely. Nice. I love it. So if you want to check her out, I will have the link to her website in my show notes. Thank you so much for coming today to my podcast and just having a a hodgepodge. Is that the word? Right? Like a (laughs) talk about love. Like, let's just talk about love. See what we talk about. (laughs) Um, I've really appreciated your insight and, you know, your perspectives and the wisdom that you brought and i'm sure my listeners will too thank you such an honor and a joy always to be with you sarah before we go 
I wanted to let you know that if you would like to understand more about the ways that gaslighting has impacted the way you view love, the way you experience love, both with other people and the way you love yourself, learning how to be the love of your own life, etc., check out my and Jenny's websites. We both have offerings that will help you break any of those gaslighting messages either ones from other people, from society, from any of those systems that Jenny talked about, from the ones that you've internalized, and help you step into the kind of loving relationships that honestly you deserve. I also encourage you to follow me and Jenny on your preferred social media platforms, and I'll have those links in my show notes. And finally now, my listeners, Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you found it helpful and want me to be able to get it in the hands of more people who could benefit from it, please leave a review and subscribe. Additionally, if you can think of one person in particular who could benefit, please share it with them. And remember, you may have crashed and burned, been broken hurt, but damn it, you're a phoenix and you're rising again. I think it's time we fly. And now... Phoenix by Katrina Stone. There's no flicker, there's no flame in you. Think we're playing a game here. You and I aren't the same, and I need a chance to rise from the ashes. Everybody watching, everybody talking. Better keep on walking by. Cause I don't wanna fall for another lie. I think it's time to fly. Crushed and burned and broken heart And laid there for a while But now I don't choke when I see smoke It only makes me smile You find me in the furnace Smoke, it only makes me smile.